0: You're drowned by my perfect fire, my perfect
1: life. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. It's the Word on the Hill, guys. No, it's the Lanky Guys. I kind of forgot who we were. Uh, who, what's even happening? You, we're is, doing a podcast.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, that's why I've headphones on. Yeah, yeah, and the mic is in front of you for that. Yeah, yeah. So this is the Word on the Hill. We are the Lanky Guys. I am Scott Powell. I'm Father Peter Mossett. And we are here to,
0: to rock and roll. We're here, I wish yeah. I hadn't said that.
1: <laughs> I instantly regret it. Yeah,
0: that. yeah, that was actually correct to regret that, but we're leaving it in because... <laughs> you don't have any saying in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Father... Uh, Father uh, Scott. Powell. Powell, just Doctor Doctor Scott.
1: You can just call me Scott. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Hey, to was, you.
0: I was wondering about how that. Yeah, would no, go. we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Scott edits the podcast. I, d- I don't edit the podcast. So, know. so he knows that <laughs> there's uh, that I I always have to make sure that I monitor exactly what I say so that nothing stupid comes out. Yes. Because he'll put it in there just to shame me. Oh come on! I know. I you, make you look good. I make you look good. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, um, man. Hey, a quick, quick oh, shout out. Shout it out! Shout it out, dude! Every once in a while, I hear about a Langley guys listener who is uh, an apostle of the Lank.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that terminology. I'm not either, actually. It's, no, it's I, fine. I, I, I instantly
0: mean, regretted saying that. We've all
1: we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak
0: to Nikki Langley. Okay, um, promotes our podcast. Like phenomenally, so thank you, Nikki. You are awesome. Thank Nikki you, Nikki Langley. Yeah, Nikki Langley. Go, Nikki! Thanks, Go. Nikki,
1: for promoting our podcast. Yeah, so thought I had a shout out. Now that you mention it, but I, uh, I might not have. So we can just kind of keep moving. On. Oh, oh yes, no, I did actually. I, I very much wanted to say something. So, okay, um, it's it's with regard to an email we got, but it was uh, I got an email. You did too, but maybe you didn't read it. Um, and it was this email was reminding me or mentioning, but but it was a good reminder. I, I thought this was pretty cool. Um, we always talk about where our listeners are listening from and oh, how cool yeah. it is that we kind of see people all over the world. Yeah. But I was reminded about a specific person. But maybe there's more of him. Um, but this person who was referenced to me by another person, and you'll see the ambiguity in a second. Uh, <laughs> this person works um, in high levels of the U.S. government, U.S. military, in a very sensitive area in the world. Um, that actually doesn't have regular access to Catholic mass. And so a, a chaplain can't always get to where this person is in the world. Oh. And so he listens to the podcast when he can't have mass. And uh, my first thought was like, Lord, help him <laughs> <That we're all, laughs> if we're all you get. But it was there was something very beautiful about, um, yeah, I mean, again, not knowing where everyone's listening from, but if we can be of service in any way possible, uh, praise be to God. So shout out, I guess, really to... All of our our members of our of our U.S. military and government yeah. officials who are who are doing hard work and carrying the heavy loads in places where it's not safe or easy to be doing that. And if we can in any way um, be a source of connection back to the
0: church and back to home, um, then we're really grateful for that. So that was uh, kind of a neat email. Like Dude, that. th- that's the best. You, you don't even know. Like that was I, I, If there was actually one thing that I wanted to do in my life is to be a military chaplain.
1: What? I didn't, we've never talked about that. Yeah, yeah there's, I don't, I don't feel, feel like I know you.
0: Yeah, there's there's two things. Is I wanted to do campus ministry and I wanted to do <laughs> military chaplain.
1: Which one do you think would be harder?
0: Military chaplain. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They have, Boulder or the military? I don't know, man. That's
1: <laughs> like. All right, it is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And this Sunday, our readings are coming from the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 5 through 9a. The third of the four servant songs.
0: Then our response is uh, uh, the, involves a psalm. at <laughs> Psalm 116. Yes. 1 to 2, 3 to 4, 5 to 6, 8 to 9, with the versicle of the number 9. This is getting complicated. Yeah, no, you're right. All those things are true.
1: <laughs> our second reading is coming from the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18.
0: Do you know that I uh, always try to announce the first reading before you? I always try to get to it before you so that I do don't know? have to oh, announce believe me, the song. I know. No, I know that. <laughs> then, then,
1: I got there first. You let it. You just you just left it wide open. You <laughs> handed me a softball, and I just took it. I just swung for it. Okay. Swung for the fences. Swung for the fences. Then our gospel. I'm sad to not do the gospel though. I like doing
0: the gospel. I know it feels more high profile. It really is high profile, it's okay. Man. I'll be a suffering servant <laughs> uh, this week. I'll let you be my servant. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean the servant of the Lord. Servant of the Lord. Servant of the Lord. Okay. Jeez. Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 35.
1: Okay. I, I did something silly this week. Okay. And I don't know how to get my mind out of it. Mm. But I know you did some studying. Mm-hmm. and you did a lot of studying. Mm-hmm. I studied backwards this week, and I can't get it forward in my
0: mind. You never let me do that when I study. I you backwards. I didn't. You've never asked. I feel like I did once. And I. Well, what
1: did I say? No. I'm sure I did. We've done it in reverse order before.
0: I I always We've let you. Certainly done that. I always let you. I you would never, let you. You never let me. What do you want to do? What do you want to do today on the podcast, Father <laughs> Peter?
1: What's your what's your desire for the podcast today? I don't know what's, have on, your don't have what's on your heart. I don't have opinion. What's on your heart? I don't have it opinion. What's on your heart?
0: Let's talk it out. Okay, let's go. Well, Kay. really, I studied I So studied, I just don't
1: know how to do it in the in the correct order.
0: I studied Mark more than the other ones because I, I, I don't know. I just was I was attracted to a particular aspect of Mark. Mm. Um so let's let us let us just do it backwards. Is that let's crazy? Come. Man, I'm because fine. I, you know me. I'll switch it up any day.
1: Because oftentimes I read the gospel in light of the first readings. But today I can only see the first reading in light of the gospel. I mean, there's, that's, that's not entirely true. I mean, there's the first reading does stand on its own, obviously. Let's and try it.
0: Let's go. Let's go back. But
1: on. I, when I got to the gospel, I was like, oh, my gosh. I actually had, I have to give a little shout out. I had a, and I'm sorry, please don't be jealous. I didn't cheat on you. But I had an excellent conversation with Father Sean about some of the readings. And it was kind of, yeah. I worked through some stuff and he, he was, so I have to, I just have to give him a little credit. Father Sean is, is he's very, yeah. in, he was very insightful today. Yeah, there was. Cause I was like, Father John. I don't know what to do with these. And he was like, oh, let's talk it out.
0: Cool, man. Let's, let's. T- so let's I just go. have to
1: give him some, some
0: credit. Okay, let's go. Little let's start. Let's do. start in some gospel. Because gospel I, cause, I, cause I, I have Mark. a particular um, vision of, of Mark. I do too, actually. OK,
1: well, can I just say one thing really quick? So I'm, we won't start with the first reading, but it does bear note the first reading. So there was, you know, when I was reading through them, there's the obvious connection of the first reading is I mentioned it was the the third of the four servant songs, the suffering servant. So Isaiah has this theme about um, and it's, it's kind of unclear about this, this figure, this individual who suffers who is always understood to be the personification of Israel in her suffering and how Israel as she suffers through the punishments and the exile and getting beat up by all the nations, she will be vindicated, right? But then deeply embedded in that is Jesus himself will then take on the identity of Israel and he will bring it to fulfillment and he will be vindicated on behalf of all of his people. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those. So there's this very simple level of this um, song in Isaiah 50 about this person who's going to be kind of beat up and persecuted, but who will be vindicated. And then the gospel there's a connection about suffering so I mean there's like oh this is about suffering this is about suffering okay that's there but I, I thought there was more and so okay I, I just wanted to so get a little set up for the for the uh, first reading do you want to start with the gospel or do you want me to
0: um well I got a lot to say well I think that it's important to note that um, that there is a concept is um, the, the, the Hodos the way of the Lord in in um, in Mark. So mm. the way is super critical for us to frame as we're engaging with the gospel of Mark. Yes. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up the way. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's on target, is but maybe what I, you I, should say, because I, I can read your mind. Well, it is safe to say that I think the overall theme of the gospel of
1: Mark if you had to say, what is everything sort of sort of driving to and leading to? It's it takes place in the center of the book. It's the climax of the book. But this idea of the way, which when we talk about the way you said the word hodos, which is the Greek, I said it with a Hebrew accent, <laughs> hodos, um, it's a, uh, there's a breathing mark the other way on the O, on the Omicron. Omega? Omicron. Omicron. Doesn't matter. They don't care. Um, but here's the thing about the, the Gospels. The, the, the biblical worldview comes from the Jewish, the Hebrew worldview. Our culture, where we live in the world in the West, and people might be living, listening from elsewhere, but in the West, our, our thinking is formed by the Greeks. right? Right. We have philosophical principles, we have outlines, we have bullet points, we have abstractions. That's how we work in this part of the world. But it's not how the Jewish-speaking part of the world, the, the, the Hebrew part of the world, worked. Or works. So when we talk about the way of the Lord, what you and I instantly jump, at least me, I'll just speak for myself. What I jump to is this kind of abstraction. Oh, the way of the Lord means like the way I ought to live or the way I should act or the way a way of being. Right. Right. When Mark uses the word hodos, the way of the Lord, he's not talking about a way of thought or some abstraction. He means literally a road or a path made of gravel or stones or whatever it is. There is literally a road that the Messiah will travel upon. From the beginning of the gospel, when he appears in the desert with John the Baptist, his baptism, all the way up through the Galilee, through Capernaum, and down ending... In Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon. Sidon. All the way up to the Via Della Rosa, the way of the cross up to Calvary, right? But right. it's it's a road that is traveled. And so when we think back and when Mark talks about the way, and, you know, remember later on, the first Christians, before they were called Christians, Christians kind of came later. The first title for for followers of Jesus Christ were what? Do you remember? People of the Way. Yeah, they called themselves The Way. Which sounds like the name of a, a, a kind of a funky um, mega church, doesn't it? The you way going to the way this weekend? <laughs> totally. Don't, somebody's going to steal that. I should get some some royalties from that. But um, they thought that because they're like, well, the way we are a people who are following Jesus on the way of the cross. Right. We are proceeding with Him to the passion, and actually, even with that, the way you can yeah. even proceed that because. There's a, there's a very concrete nature of what the way is in the Old Testament, too. What's the most important journey that Israel took in the Old Testament?
0: Uh, the way through the desert. The, the way through The
1: Exodus, right? Which was a movement from slavery into freedom, from an enslaveness to a promised land. What is Jesus doing on the way to the cross? He's taking us from slavery to sin into a place of freedom. So this is what the Christians are thinking. This is what Mark is thinking. So the way, yeah, it's not an abstraction. It literally is a way that we're supposed to travel. Yes. Upon. So um, I think I just stole your thunder and no, ran no, no, with that, no, which no. is not what I wanted to talk about today, but no, no, that I, I, being said. No, no, I think
0: contextually. It's very important. You know, because Jesus and his disciples set out for the village of Caesarea Philippi. so Which is not on the way to but, anything. No, it is. Ironically I, enough. I, when I traveled in the Holy Land, yeah. you're, you're like, hey, we're going to Caesarea Philippi. You're like, sweet. Man, you're like, where
1: are we going? <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. It, it, it yes. is.
0: Now, Says Philippi, very interestingly enough, is one of the headwaters, one of the three headwaters for the Jordan. Okay. Tell me more. Um, isn't it interesting that the <laughs> Jordan has three headways? That it has three springs. That Does it can, really? I don't yeah. think I ever actually knew that. Yeah, it has three, three places three from which place it flows. Three places from which it flows. Yeah. F- places
1: from which it flows Flowses. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's just hmm. an interesting geographical thing. So, And then, then we go in and it says along the way. Okay, so we're going to Caesarea Philippi and we're on along the way. Yes. This is great.
1: Which is, again, the irony. Mark knows the irony. If anyone knows the geography of the region, which they probably do, he knows it's actually not on the way to well, where Jesus is ultimately going. Right. He
0: made a side trip,
1: which is significant.
0: But it's on the way to, uh, it's on the side trip, but we, yeah, but we yeah, use it's the word. still on the way. Yeah, but it, it's the way of the Lord. Yes, and, exactly. And, and exactly. Yes. I think that's really important. Yeah. And then he, then he actually says, Anthrop- uh, Anthropocene. Okay. So it's anthropos. Who do people say that I am? Who do people? Mm. So it's it's just interesting. I like I, I, the thing that is like really consuming my thoughts recently is the idea of what is a proper anthropology, mm. anthropos, uh, the people. What is a what is a, a proper understanding what the person is, and in a really deep sense, I, I hear Jesus asking. He says, "Who do people?" So. Who are these other anthropos? Who that, do others say the name? Who do they say that I am? Because in, in this particular moment, I find myself talking to a lot of people, given um, a lot of the crisis that's going on. They'll mm. say, hey, Father, how are you doing? Mm. I, I can't tell you. I've had so much of an outpouring of unconditional love really? from from both parishioners and friends and family. Mm. Of just who were looking and who were saying, "Gosh, you know, this must be a really challenging time to be a priest." And yeah. and right. and and it's echoed from a lot of my brother priests is that there's a, a real outpouring of love. Gosh, that's from, beautiful. Uh, for for the priests now, and and they're like, "But how are you doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm like, this is a like, in popular in in kind of the rest of the culture, one of the experiences that I've been having is that, um, people will miss my personhood, and I can mm-hmm. walk around and and. Um, I, I like to say that it's, it's a lot like, I think the minority experience of a lot of people is that, that, um, that, uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who is actually, a uh, in the national, uh, the national book review, uh, he just made the, he just made it. And, and I was talking to him about his experience of being a Latino. And he's like, you know, he says, I'm always sensitive that I'm the only Latino in the room. Um, and that, mm. that a lot of times what will happen is people will look at me and they will see Latino and they will miss my personhood. Oh, interesting. And so it's so huh. it's, so it's it's interesting mm. because what happens for me mm. is that a lot of times I will wear the Roman collar and what hap- they'll miss my personhood. Mm. They miss the fact. And all I become is an abstract idea of church, of all of these different things. And and so— You're w- the hipster priest. I'm the hipster. That's your, that's your thing, right? Right. And they
1: miss the—, oh, the I- Knowing person. you in the way that I know you, yeah. um, I always get frustrated by that title for you. Yeah. Because I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, oh, it's the priest with the man bun. I, 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 sometimes I've actually told people, I think you probably have one of the hardest jobs in the church, at least in Colorado. Because you're this guy that is in Boulder and you have this particular look to you because it's just who you are. And you are like, oh, he's perfect for Boulder because he's like hippie-ish and he's got long hair and a man bun. Like, oh, that's why he's there. And I'm like, no, you guys don't understand at all. I actually, he's in Boulder because he actually yeah. can connect with the human beings there and understands mm-hmm. the way that people think and will hear their worldview. I, I, all, you know. well,
0: that's actually why I grow but my I was, hair out. I always
1: get so frustrated for you. Mm. I'm like, oh, it's that guy who looks this way. He's right. that priest. Mm-hmm. So not even the priesthood being, you know, taking away from your, per- not taking away from, but yes. they don't just focus on your priesthood. Oh, but he's that kind of priest. Well, it, it, they live I'm in like, an no, abstraction. no, you're a person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and what's interesting in the yeah, midst that- I'm even of raising that, my voice because I feel for you on this right. so, and so profoundly. And this is my response, is that um, I also know somebody who they missed his personhood mm. and his divinity. I'm in good company. Yeah, no, I, like I, I don't have anything wittier. No, 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 no. That. Actually, you, you yeah. like, you like, framed it perfectly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this thing where it's like there's a mm-hmm. sense of injustice, and and I have that same sense of injustice when I see and I encounter Jesus in the Scripture, and Jesus is asking this question in an existential way. Okay. Who do people say that I am? Okay. They're they're looking at him, and their 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 question b- becomes. He he's saying he's saying, are they encountering the reality of who I am, or are they abstracting me to? some place that's different than what the real way of what I'm doing is. Okay, this is great. This is, this is a great setup. So, so I
1: mean, there's, there's, there's a lot we can say about this. So, I mean, I, mean, I can imagine you, I can't imagine, well, I can picture abstractly you talking to your staff, right, whatever it is, or your closest friends.
0: I mean, like, hey. Which are know, pretty much the same.
1: Yeah, the same thing. But, <laughs> you know, when people talk about me, like, what, what do you hear about me? Like oh, there was that article that calls you the hipster priest. People think you're this around the chancery. They say this of the seminary. You know, yes. You can you can imagine that conversation yeah. about you. Like, what do people think about me? I've got this very distinct look and kind of personality and reputation and all this stuff. I'm like, but but who do you say that I am? Mm. Like, who am I? To, who am I to you?
0: Right. Because I
1: can imagine that conversation. You know, Jesus is like, well, they're all saying this. But you know me like they're all there they maybe heard me speak maybe they've heard about me maybe they're putting some pieces together but you know me you've been walking with me we've been traveling together on the way and doing ministry together on the way on the road so what about you right what do you say that i am and you almost get the sense we don't know but you almost get the sense that there's silence Excuse right me. they're just kind of quiet and then peter speaks up peter does so it is significant one thing we haven't pointed out oh, i don't know if there's time well, it's Peter who speaks up. He's the only one that has the courage. And Peter tends well, I mean, to be
0: impetuous. Well, I mean, the, the other people, in a general way, they're they're like, uh, I mean, they're saying... And who knows what they're saying? I mean, the, in the gospel, I mean, it says, they, they say in reply, John the Baptist, other Elijah, one of the prophets. Yeah, they're they're quick to respond to the them. Yes. What's
1: my reputation? Right. But when he says, no, but you, who do you say that I am? Mm. That's when only one of them responds. And Peter says, you are the Christ, which means the king, which... We you know, we've heard stuff like that, or maybe that line. Those of us who've been Catholic all of our life are Christian. I mean, it's just it's a truism of Christianity, it's something we say, but I don't think we feel the weight of that that statement. That's I believe the first time that's ever stated in the Gospels. Mm. To have anyone hear those words would have been legally a death sentence. That is an act of treason that Peter has just committed. To call someone other than Caesar Augustus the Christ, the Christus, the anointed one, that is an imperial act of treason which would land you on a cross. He has committed a capital crime in saying those words, which just to feel the weight of what Peter has actually done there, it's not just like, I believe in, you know, you know what I mean? It's a big statement it's that a, he's just spoken.
0: It's a big statement in a particular location. In There's a particular a, location which is very important. Which right. which is Caesarea Caesar's Caesar's Philippi. Caesar's Philippi. Have we talked about the story of Caesar's Philippi? Um not in this not not today. Con-
1: <laughs> well, just, we should really quick. Okay. So do you, you well, so the way Caes- Caesarea Philippi came about, um, you know, you could you could trace the history way back to, to the time of Mark Anthony and uh Mark Anthony and um, Cleopatra. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it was when Greece and Rome were basically trying to when it was the turn of the empires, and people were trying to find out okay, which political force, Rome or Greece, are we going to back to see where this empire is headed politically, right? Right. And so people all over the empire were divided, and some were putting their, you know, their stock in Mark Anthony and the Greeks. Some were putting it in the Romans and you know it was it was kind of which way the wind's going to blow well herod who remember there was a there was a dynasty of herods there's a bunch of herods herod put his weight behind the greeks and said no nah, i think the greeks are going to win out that's the future of this empire and guess what the greeks didn't win <laughs> it was the romans right and so caesar started So that puts kind of Herod in the doghouse. So put that aside. There's this great story that I heard of. um, It was Caesar Augustus. So this wasn't too far before this point. Caesar Augustus' father, uh, his adoptive father was Julius Caesar. Remember, uh, Augustus was Octavian. I'm mixing up my names. Julius Caesar was really the one who sort of won the empire who got the Roman Empire becoming the Roman Empire. It was a huge deal. And so Caesar Augustus, Octavian, who always was known for kind of not having a lot of self-confidence. Well, he had a lot of self-confidence, but there was some some big-time insecurity. You get the sense, right? Because he's like, I am awesome. Look at me, everybody. And so there's this story about Caesar Augustus going before the Roman Senate. And
0: basically, remember this Yeah, we've we've talked I'm about sure this we before. Have. Yeah, where he goes before and and for political maneuvers, yep. he he he's like, ah, I know what I can do. Yeah. Well, he he
1: demands essentially that his father Julius. Be declared, be declared a god. god, divine. Because the Roman mythologies were were never, you can always tell that they were kind of second place to the Greek mythology. The Greek mythologies, those were really important. Right. Roman mythologies were nice stories, but they weren't as popular religiously in the empire. Right. And so he's like, well, let's declare Julius a god. Let's make him divine. So we have to build shrines and temples to him. And so there were, you know, the Roman Senate who were realists more than anything else. They're like, well, if we say no, he's probably gonna put us all to death. If we say yes, yeah, what do we get to lose? Like, we just put a title on somebody... So
0: they say yes, and they vote to declare, yes, Julius is a god. And then, then, and then he Augustus says, gets up and says, well, then bow to me because I am the son of God. Son of God. And so he has a Gents. temple built in. He has say, temples built everywhere. And one of them. But that
1: goes back to Herod. Remember, Herod backed the wrong guy. Oh, yeah. The Herod family. And so in an effort to get back on Rome's good side, he's like, well, I'll build a temple too. I will build a temple in honor of Caesar and his father, Julius and so they found this place, well, he didn't find, I'm sure he knew about it, but there was this place in uh, Caesarea Philippi. Which was that dedicated this- to Pan. It was dedicated to Pan. Which, which was, was an
0: agricultural god, which people would do human sacrifice for yep. in this place that they would call the Gate of Hades. So he's like, well, that's good real estate. We'll take that um, temple. Which happens we'll to be we- a, a source water of the Jordan. Absolutely.
1: It's a good location. It's prime real estate, but it's also politically far enough out of Jerusalem and the other politically sensitive areas that no one's going to riot. Right. So he's like, perfect. We'll call it Caesar's Philippi. We'll take this temple. We'll rededicate it to Julius Caesar and his son, the son of God. And that temple, you've been there, right? Is hewn into a massive rock edifice, this huge rock face. So it's there that Jesus says to his disciples, okay, what's everybody saying about me? Who do you say? And it's only, it, we don't see it in Mark. Our reading comes from Mark. In Matthew, we get a little bit more. Do you remember in Matthew it actually says, um, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Which is interesting because they're literally in the shadow of a temple built to the Son of, of a, a dead, dead God. God. You're the son of the living God. You're the true Christ, not that guy. Yep. You're the son of the living God, not that, not that dead God. And what does Jesus say in response? Well, we don't get it here, but in Matthew, he tells him, you are a rock, Peter. Hmm. And upon you, I'm going to build my temple, my ecclesia, my church. And again, they're standing in the shadow of a giant rock that's housing a temple to a dead God. So, I mean, the location is it's just so profound. All of this is to come back around to this fact that Peter gives... I think one of the most clear, beautiful, simple, profound professions of faith in the entirety of the New Testament, right? You are the Christ. And he says it in a dangerous way, in a threatening way that could cost him his life, that he actually puts something on the line for this profession of faith, which is beautiful. And immediately afterwards, Jesus then teaches them what kind of a Christ he is. Well, I'm the kind of a Christ, anointed one king. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we
0: even get there, we have to pay attention— to um, the time because I have to go <laughs> you say gotta go. Um but we have to pay attention to the fact that uh, that um, look how Jesus works there's a divine pattern here okay. that Jesus those who follow him on the way takes them way out of the way and puts no. them into a dangerous position and asks them to make a profession of faith yes yeah sure that's, in, that's in, fair yeah. in deep relationship yeah. I think it's just important in the midst of culture right now yes did, yeah, I, did, I I agree. Did, that's all I had to say.
1: Well, that's it's interesting that you say it that way because Peter does make a profound, dangerous, real act of faith. But then right after when Jesus says again, what kind of a king he's <laughs> going to be?
0: What? Yeah, yeah. I'm just i just laughed himself. because because Peter just totally boxed immediately. He's like, "No,
1: you're not going to be that." He's like, "I'm going to suffer and die, and I'm going to be handed over to the scribes and chief priests. And I'm going to rise.
0: I'm going to be killed." Well, this and, is the and, thing is, he's he's saying, "I'm going to go to even more dangerous place than what you made a right, declaration, right. and I'm going to make a declaration in in a way that is is going to yes. be in an entire self sacrifice." And it's like, and he's like, "Oh," in a certain sense, he's like, "Okay, well, this is safe," and he's like, "But I'm really going to get dangerous." And I like that Mark points out to you, the author
1: points out. He said this openly or plainly, some translations say, lest you think he's speaking in parables or metaphors or, you know, any confusing way. Mark wants you to know he didn't speak in parables here. He said it bluntly. And Peter's like, "Uh uh-uh, he rebukes him. And Mark usually reserves the word rebuke for what Jesus does to the demons. So right. you're like, oh, Peter, that's not a good idea. Don't rebuke him. And then, you know, he turns to his disciples and he says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're thinking not as God does. So it's, it's a big problem for Peter. But yeah. the reason I think this is so significant, and I don't know if we've talked about this or not, it's one of my favorite aspects of Mark. Okay, I need you. Yep, yep, I'm okay. with you. Right before, it's what happens just before the Caesarea Philippi scene. Immediately before this, you get one of the weirdest scenes of the gospel that Mark tells you and literally just leaves you there and moves on. So right before this you have that famous scene of Jesus healing that blind guy. But it's the one where it doesn't quite work the first time and he has to do it twice. Do you yeah, remember this? The, yeah, yeah. So there's people walking around like trees. Yeah, so there's this blind guy and he's like, Let me shave my sight. Jesus spits in his eyes. And like rubs it around and he's like, and it's this amazing scene. And Mark, remember Mark's the gospel where everything moves fast. Jesus' authority is on display like no other. Jesus speaks and it's done. He acts and it's it, it comes to be. And here this blind guy rubs some spit in his eyes and he's like, all right, can you see? And the guy's like, well, kind of. He's like, I can sort of see. I see men walking around, but they look like trees. And then Jesus has to do it a second time he's like a rubs more spit he's like okay what about now now can you see and he's like yeah now i can see right. and you're left there you're like wait a second jesus does stuff and it happens he speaks and it's fulfilled this guy he's kind it's of like God. he kind of does it and then it doesn't quite take so he has to do it again and you're like what the heck is that right and then all of a sudden you move into this scene in Caesarea philippi well i firmly believe that the blind guy is i think the blind guy's real there's an historical figure but he's also a type of peter He's showing what's going on inside Peter because what's happening with this blind guy? He Jesus heals him. He's like, can you see? And the guy's like, yeah, I can see, but I don't understand what it is that I'm seeing. I see people, but they kind of look like trees. I can see, on, but I can't understand.
0: People who look like trees. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Keep going. And we'll get there. And then you're left there. And then you have Peter who can see. I see that you are the Christ. You are the king. Right. Peter makes a real, it's not fake, it's a real act Of sight, of belief. Absolutely. But what's the problem? He doesn't understand what he's seeing. Mm. You're the Christ. Okay, well, says Jesus, the Christ is going to do these things. Uh Uh-uh, that's not going to happen. He doesn't understand what he's seeing. And what is it that he can't see?
0: He can't see the tree. The The person who looks like the tree. He can't see the cross, which is the tree. Well, it's it's Jesus totally identified with the tree. Yes, it's the crucified exactly. Savior. It's the the tree right. of life bearing the true fruit fruit of the Eucharist. Exactly. But it's this amazing
1: scene. I mean, so I think one of the uh, the the um, um, the projects of the Gospel of Mark is I mean, you get so many stories in the Gospel of Mark of Jesus healing blind and deaf people. Right. And I think Mark shows you all of those stories in an effort to show how blind and deaf the apostles are. Right. And in turn, how blind and deaf we all tend to be, Right, which is the foil for all of this. So yeah, Peter sees, but he doesn't understand what he's seeing. And that's kind of where we're left. And we're reminded of all those times that we're like, yeah, no, I, I kind of get it. But then we don't. Or we see, We've, we, you know, we have a lot of people in the church today with real faith. We love the church. We believe, but we don't know what to do with what we're seeing now. Mm. And we might be tempted to throw in the towel or be like, well, this is stupid or that guy I hate or, you know, whatever it is. We see, but it's hard to understand what we're seeing. And I made the case a couple of weeks ago what, with the Bread of Life discourse, that when Peter and the other apostles, after the Bread of Life thing, when Jesus is like, are you guys going to take off too? They're like, we don't know where else to go. I think that's one of the most beautiful acts of faith in the Bible. Because they're like, we don't understand, but we're going to follow anyway. Right. And we're going to go with you because we know you. Right? What do people say about you? Well, all sorts of things. What do you say about me? Well, we think you're the Christ, but we know you and we will follow you. Right. So that's our gospel. And I think everything else sort of fits within that schema if you go backwards in the readings. Right. So we can go back to, uh, to J- I keep saying Jason because of the, the abbreviation is J-A-S. James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> James, it's this famous line. So remember, James, we talked about last week how um, he's the Apostle James, but it's written to a group of Jewish people who, once again, might be tempted to throw in the towel, right? They're dealing with this, trying to understand this faith that maybe their kinspeople, their families, their friends, their neighbors are all rejecting, all calling them fools for. Her. They're you know, being called maybe cowards because they're not willing to go to war with Rome and all these mm. things that the rest of the people are doing. Right. And James is trying to give them a letter of encouragement of saying, here's why you shouldn't throw in the towel. And we get this very famous line about the um, faith versus works. If someone says he has faith but doesn't have works, can that faith save him? Mm. Which I, that's on its own right. And you can get into the whole Protestant Catholic thing. But I just want to think about it in terms of the gospel Because Peter has faith. And it's real faith. It's not fake faith. It's not just lip service. He really believes. Yes. But his lack of understanding is preventing him from doing the work. Mm. He can't move. He's actually paralyzed because his faith is actually not quite enough. His faith needs to be put into action. And that faith needs to translate into trust, which is what they demonstrate in John 6. It's not just faith. I believe but it's trust. And because I believe I will follow, even though I don't get it. Mm. But because Peter can't quite get there, his faith, though he has it, he's paralyzed with doing the work that it's going to require. Because he's just saying, we're on a road here, a real tangible, physical road. And that road is going to end on Calvary. Mm. And I need you guys to do the work of following me. I'll do the heavy lifting for you, but you got to stay with me. Mm. And that's why yeah, again, I'm reading it in that light. But James saying, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works, can that faith save him? No, but because he needs to still follow Jesus. Right. You can believe who Jesus is, but if you're not willing to stay with him, then you're going to get left behind.
0: Well, and it's it's always the temptation of of you know check marks. Yeah. Right. You know. Yep. And, and, and then this way, it's like, okay, where is Jesus? It says, if a brother has, this is nothing to wear and no food for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's, it's, right. It's, it's like there, there's real concrete needs. Yeah, absolutely. That need to be met. I mean, it's, <laughs> need to be met yeah and and yeah, that that's actually that. that's actually why we are on the way with the lord and that's like what is jesus continually doing he's preaching teaching healing you know what and I'm what saying? is he doing on the way literally i mean literally if you read the gospel as he
1: is headed toward his own death what is he doing he's giving people sight he's lifting them up he's helping them walk he's, he's giving, giving them, them the life. resources to live and to do these things And he's right. like you guys can do that too I'm heading to my death. Right. And you might be, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, the apostles all will actually, except for John, they will all be martyred as well. So they do eventually get this. But he's saying, you got to follow me. Right. Because that's, and, and that's why the whole premise of this supposed debate or, or argument between Protestants and Catholics, is it's all, it's all baloney. I mean, what is the charge of the gospel? Yes, Jesus wants us to believe in him. But what does he keep saying? Follow me. And following is a doing. We're asked to follow him right. on the way. Right. And if Completely. we can't do that, are we really Christians?
0: Mm.
1: No, we might. I mean, the demons know who Jesus is. The demons know he's God. They profess a faith, I guess. But they don't follow him. No, they pr-
0: profess a knowledge, but a no knowledge. faith. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I know who Jesus is, but mm. I am going to do my own thing. And, exactly. I mean, and that, that's actually, the, that's why the the current crisis in the church is so scandalous Ooh, is because yeah. because it's an acknowledgement of, of God, but then a choice for self. Absolutely. And it's so scandalous in the midst of that.
1: And it's funny what we just said a minute ago when we were talking about Jesus on the way, bringing people to life, right?
0: Yep. And
1: our, our call in James to do that. Then we get the Psalm again, working backwards. What is the saying? And I actually didn't put this together until we just said it just now. Right. I will walk before the Lord. Mm. Actually, in this case, I'll walk behind the Lord because I'm following him, but with the Lord, right? Yeah. In where? In the land of the living. Why is it the oh. land of the living? It's because you're literally in front of me bringing everyone back to life. Right. And I'm following you. And I actually get to participate in that. Yes. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, but the land of the living, it's ironic, right? Because walking before the Lord in the land of the living, well, what are we walking on? Well, we're walking on the hodos, the road that's leading to a cross. That's the land of the living, right? The way that leads to death. You're like, what? Because it's not about the death. It's about the gift. And that's what Calvary is fundamentally about, which is life. And that's why the act of the death of Jesus can't ultimately hold him. Because it's not about the death, it's about the self-gift, which brings life. Right. And it's this kind of secular cycle that we're meant to constantly live in and follow in. Absolutely. Which takes us back to the first reading, from the beginning. Mm. And this is the one that I thought was cool. And when I was talking to Father Sean, when I read back, so I had a context for this and I understood it, Isaiah 50, and I un- understood the suffering servant and I understood the historical context of where Israel is when they're receiving this right. and how hard it is and what they're looking forward to. But then I read it in light of Mark and it changed. Mm. So let's, let me just read it really quick. Okay. The Lord God opens my ear that I may hear. What's the theme of the gospel of Mark? Jesus is healing blind and deaf. Oh, Jesus opens my ears so that I may hear. What's Peter's problem? Well, yeah, partially that he's blind, but partially because he's deaf. Because Jesus said, "Uh, this is what the Christ Mm. means. And Peter cannot hear it. Right. Right? He closes his ears. I have not rebelled. Who has rebelled? Peter's rebelled. No, you will not. I rebuke you. Mm. Peter is rebelling. Jesus has not. I have not turned back. Peter is trying to physically turn him back. Mm. He's like, no, you will not. I'm trying to turn you back from the way of the cross. Mm. Isaiah says, I have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face. I didn't shield from buffets and spittering, <laughs> spittering, spittering. <laughs> spitting, which again is what Peter is trying to do. This is not simply, you know, I always read Isaiah 50 as this sort of accusation against Rome or accusation against those who put Jesus
0: to death. It's an accusation against Peter. Dude, you know it's. But, this is so and wild. And read the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say. I mean, this is just so wild because it's the friendship yes. that he experiences with Peter that makes, makes this experience so so intense that yes. that it's like it's like who do you say that I am? And it's like I just imagine it's like somebody's so with you and they get you, yeah. And then they don't so profoundly and the so affection profoundly. and friendship that you ha- that you have to steel yourself against them. Yeah. Literally. Well, and, and you said that, so read on.
1: The Lord God is my help, therefore I'm not disgraced. Because it's not that Peter is evil or anything, but he doesn't want his king to be disgraced. And if you read Isaiah, he's like, no, I won't be disgraced. It's actually <laughs> going to lead to it. I have set my face, like, my face like flint, knowing that I won't be put to shame, which is what mm. Peter's fear is. He who is near upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me... Peter is wishing to oppose him, right? Wow. Let us appear together, which they are because they're friends. Who disputes my right, my right to be put to death, my right to give myself. I have a right to self gift and you are disputing it, Peter. Let that man confront me, rebuke me. You might say, mm. see the Lord is my help. Who will prove me wrong? I read this in a totally different light wow. because it's so easy to put these words sort of on those people out there the enemy the pagans the whatever it else it is it's harder to put them on jesus's closest friend his most most important disciple right the yeah. insiders those of us who are trying to actually follow him and live this now that's us sometimes which was very powerful to read it that way but i could only get there if we went backwards right
0: you know it's interesting i was a uh, spoiler alert alert for um uh, uh, infinity war avengers whatever <laughs> Um okay. I was talking to a priest friend of mine and he was he was so angry with that particular movie because of the amount of times that people were like you can't give your life you're not allowed to give your life really? and that that it's that that it's, it's that it's it's all this kind of peter um, wow. Peter's confrontation of Jesus. It's you're not it's not acceptable. Oh, I can give my life, but you can't give your life. And this person was angry about it? Yeah. But um, I mean because it because it didn't it didn't resolve correctly. It oh, was okay. it kind of had a it, it like yeah. I didn't see it. So. Yeah, it, it, uh, he was. He was talking about how there was kind of a suicidal expression in it, oh. rather than a self-gift oh, expression. That's an important distinction, right? It, it is. And Jesus isn't committing suicide here. No, no, no. The, and and it's 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 saying that I'm willing to give mm. myself entirely. And like I find this so yeah. beautiful to be able mm. to connect those two together to say this is this is Jesus's interior response, which is Isaiah's getting a view into. Yes. Yes. In relationship to friendship. Not uh, 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 Frenemies. <laughs> right. Right. It, and which is nah, I think that's gonna be the title of the podcast. Frenemies, <laughs> I think. That's so. a perfect. That's a title. wow, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Brilliantly done. Wow, you got wow, dude, I've Wild, way to huh? way to go you and Father Sean talking about stuff and getting stuff, it man. getting it hand hang you know. Handed out. I don't even know what I was trying to say, man. I'm good. just, you I'm just inspired. I'm just lit up.
1: It's cool. It's wild. It's I got weird. a lot of
0: B vitamins in me, man.
1: Good for you from your uh, energy drink,
0: your <laughs> sugarless energy drink. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, you guys, I gave up sugar. You believe it or not, I, I did know. not. Just yeah, so you know, yeah, just to put that out there. It's just, cause I'm
1: still good. You can still send me candy bars and, cause and whiskey.
0: Because I, I got a, because I got a dun, I got Dunlap disease. Dunlap disease? Yeah, that's my know, belly dunlap over my <laughs> belt. <laughs> Which is, I, I, the lank, I, oh, I betrayed the lank, dude. That's a really funny, I've never heard that before. <laughs> that, really, that really got me. <laughs> well done, Mother <laughs> Peter. All
1: right, you guys, we will be back next week. Thanks for being with us and uh, walking with us on the holdos
0: of our Lord. Yep, and, and uh, thankfully, um, um, we can disagree with each other and mm. encourage each other and, and, each other and rebuke each other. And rebuke each other. I don't even I've never rebuked you. No, I, I don't think I've rebuked you. Maybe We've never,
1: maybe we don't have a real friendship then.
0: Well I'm just kidding. Can't believe you. All right, cut this is goodness. getting weird. We should cut this off. Okay, got All right, you see all. you guys. Okay. Bye.
1: The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at www.thomascenter.org slash AICT. You can find the Lanky Guys at Lankyguys.org and you can send us an email at LankyGuys at Thomas Thanks, everybody. See you next time.